0: Welcome to another abiding thought. Now, ordinarily, um, I like to just kind of give um, a devotional message, usually based on a particular portion of Scripture, and usually we keep it, uh, keep it moving. There's always going to be overlap in terms of substance and theme, but usually we work from different verses. But today, rather than just give um, an exposition or a devotional message from a particular passage, what I want to do is return to a passage we've already looked at in a previous um, uh, abiding thought. And I want to kind of flesh it out in terms of something that I I saw recently, and just um, in light of a a number of things that are taking place that uh, affect us as as Christians, or how we address certain things as Christians. But here's the verse, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, For freedom... Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Now, here's what precipitated me returning to this particular verse. I saw something on, um, uh, I guess it was on social media. It was, it was posted on TikTok, I know. But there was a couple, I forget what state, I don't even know if they mentioned it, but there was a couple that was getting married, and they got married on their front on their front lawn. And one of their neighbors, uh, as the bride was about to walk down the aisle on their front lawn, which overlooked the ocean, so probably somewhere, well, I don't know where, but in any event, a neighbor across the street, just as the bride was about to walk down the aisle, a neighbor across the street decided to start mowing her lawn. And the sound was so loud that you could hear it and it was hard for the people that were attending the wedding to actually hear the vows. Uh, A couple of people tried to inform her what was going on. She was rather rude to them. And basically, here's what it comes down to. And in in any event, she just continued to mow her lawn and um, whatever they were doing about the wedding, that was their business. But here's the thing, this is what got my attention. Her mowing her lawn was a matter of her exercising her rights as a homeowner or resident. There was nothing, there was no law against her mowing her lawn. However, when she did go out to mow her lawn, she actually could see because from the the camera angle, she was actually facing the ceremony that was taking place. So she could see that her neighbors across the street, whom she probably knew, were getting married. And so she had every right and she had the freedom to go ahead and mow her lawn. But seeing that someone was getting married, she could have restrained because she was just as free to not mow her lawn at that particular moment and then return to it at a time that was a wedding was not taking place. And I thought about that because there's a lot of talk in Christian circles about fear of losing freedoms, whether it's the right to own firearms, whether it's the right to do this, that, or the other. And there is much concern, and we should always be careful of uh, or, or be mindful of the liberties that we have as citizens in our our country, the country in which we live, citizens uh, as as citizens or residents of a particular state or city, we always wanna be mindful of an overreach in terms of our freedoms. But what got me about this was there are, we we are free in another direction as well. I read a a post on uh, Mockingbird recently where a young lady was uh, writing about uh, her Experiences with freedom, and she talked about the first time she moved away from home, and she moved onto a college dorm, and she was relishing in the freedom that she had—freedom to sleep as long as she wanted, which sometimes meant she overslept and missed class; freedom to eat what she wanted, which meant she overate; freedom to drink as much as she wanted, and she says that meant she often drank too much; and freedom to go and please, uh, go and come as she pleases. But then as she got older, she realized that there are other things, there are other areas where freedom, um, other freedoms that have to be exercised. And I think about that. And so whether it's, it's a whole range of areas. But here's the other part of uh, of, of the concern. Whether it's uh, political rights, and certainly, again, I'm not arguing that we should just hand over our freedoms. No, I come from, I for one, come from a people whose personal freedoms have been infringed upon in from the very beginning of our presence here in this country. So I understand the importance of liberty and I understand the importance of making sure that those who govern respect our individual freedoms. But here's the thing, and this is what was brought out in the the post uh, from Mockingbird. She said, but I realized as I got older and moved into different situations that I'm not just a citizen Of this city or a citizen of this country I am citizen I am a citizen of the kingdom of God and so the freedoms that I have as an American citizen should somehow be understood in light of my freedom my my citizenship in the kingdom of God so my citizenship in the kingdom of God really feeds how I handle the other freedoms that I have because we are free. We are free to do any number of things by the laws of the land. Uh, We are free as consenting adults by the laws of the land to conduct ourselves with others however we choose fit. But as citizens of the kingdom of God, our freedom, first off, let's go back to this. What we are freed from And the freedom that has, has been gained for us by Christ, is to be what God has created us to be. Freedom to be in a right relationship with him and freedom to not only enjoy his creation, but also freedom to be in right relation with our fellow neighbors. Our native fallen state puts us in a state of bondage where we're not really free to be the humans that God has intended us to be, where we are in right relation with him and we are in right relation with our neighbors. The freedom, now granted, we don't, we're not always conscious of the bondage that we're in. We are in bondage to a state of mind. We are in bondage to a, a particular mindset. Uh, That's what Paul tells uh, the Ephesians. Don't walk like the rest of the Ephesians as they walk according to the emptiness or the futility of their mind. But you have not so learned Christ if you have been taught by him because you have been born anew. So now you have been set free from the bondage of your fallen nature. And what his exhortation here is in Galatians is to walk in that freedom, meaning that our relationship, our renewed, redeemed relationship with God, being reconciled to him, frees us to serve him, to love him, and to view even our neighbors according to our reconciled position in Christ as citizens of the kingdom of God so that we would not tout our individual freedom over the well-being of our neighbors in various respects. And I go back to the woman mowing her lawn as her neighbors are getting married. Uh, Whatever our misunderstandings are, sometimes with neighbors because we do have them, whatever distance we may have there seems to, there should be an overriding respect for individuals as individuals. And so even though I have the freedom to mow my lawn, I'm not violating any laws. I'm not going over there to the wedding and jeering or throwing things or causing a disturbance. But sometimes we can be in bondage to a mindset that tells us all we're doing is exercising our freedom, when in actuality, what we're doing is demonstrating the yoke of bondage. So whether it's other people's expectations, whether it's our own, there are any number of things, by the way, that we can use under the subtext of being free, but what we're actually doing is demonstrating a bondage, whether it's our sexual behavior and appetites, whether it's our view of others or neighbors or this radical individualism, no one is going to step on my freedom. And what we're doing oftentimes is actually living out a bondage. What Paul says here is don't, you know, don't, don't, and don't, uh, do not submit again to a yoke of bondage where we have to do something simply because I have to do it simply because you say that I can't. Or I, you know, and and so I just, I thought about that and I was, like I said, I was thinking about it in terms of um, some of the political posturing and the rhetorical dialogues that are taking place in so many camps and the the pushback against what people perceive might be coming. And what 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 I I see is the, what I hear is the language of freedom But what's what's actually being demonstrated is the effects of bondage that people really think they're they're touting their freedoms when in actuality they are in such bondage to labels or to expectations or dreams. They are in bondage because they've been conditioned. We are conditioned by our fallen nature, which is reinforced collectively by others in the world, by Satan, as he uses various things to, again, divert our gaze from who we are in Christ and therefore return to what we are in Adam. So I'm, I'm saying all of that, and I hope uh, this flows and makes sense. What I'm saying is Christ has set us free. and That's one of the reasons I love this verse. Because for all of its brevity, it is pregnant with profound thoughts of what the gospel itself is and what the what, what the Christian life is all about. The gospel message is ultimately that Christ has set us free. He set us free from the condemnation of the law. He set us free from the corruption of our fallen instincts. He has set us free from the bondage of sin and the grip of, and even the fear of death. He set us free from all of that. But then this verse also tells us what the struggle of the Christian life really is. And the struggle of the Christian life, even though Christ has absolutely set us free, the struggle of the Christian, Christian life is to be able to identify true freedom from bondage. And the reason I say that is because elsewhere in Ephesians 4, Paul says that he is a bond servant of Christ. And he uses the language of being enslaved to Christ. And that's what that's what fuels his interactions with others. So being a bond servant of Christ is maximizing and realizing. The freedom that we have in the gospel. Whereas, on the other side of it, this is the warning here in Galatians, when we don't see ourselves first and foremost as being bond servants to Christ, then we will use the language of freedom and we'll be bond servants for other secondary things that somehow hinder or we will do it in the name of freedom. We will do things that are contrary to the freedom that we have been given in Christ. Brothers and sisters, you are free. As Paul tells, reminds the the Corinthians, you're free to, the law says you can go to court against one another, but if you're a bondservant of Christ, then allow yourself to suffer the loss for the sake of a brother or sister. You're free to mow your lawn as your neighbor is getting married. But being a bondservant of Christ causes you to see your neighbor and love your neighbor as yourself. And what you wouldn't want done in the background of your ceremony, you wouldn't do it to others. Uh, we are free in Christ, and what we have been set free for is the glory of God in all of our relationships, in all of our interactions, and in all of our doings. So again, I return to the sentiment that's here. Stand firm in the freedom for which Christ has set you free. Because here's the way he begins. For freedom, Christ has set you free. Now stand firm in that and be aware of all of the well-intended good-sounding things that you should exercise or exert your freedom in and make sure that what you are pursuing as autonomy and freedom that you're trying to protect for yourself, make sure that this isn't a subtext for another form of bondage. Brothers and sisters, he who the sun sets free is free indeed. And our freedom should never bring us into conflict with what God has called us for. Thank you.